This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. You are tuning in to a multi-platform broadcast of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. And I'm your host, Tony Diaz, a Libro Traficante, author of The Tip of the Pyramid, Cultivating Community Cultural Capital. And we've got a lineup that spans all of the Southwest today. And this is just a preview because if you are in Houston, you'll get to meet them in person as we do a sneak preview of the new Nuestra Palabra headquarters. And we're going to have a ton of announcements for you all throughout the year as Nuestra Palabra turns 26 and we step into our role as a Houston cultural treasure as recognized by the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund. And that comes with some funding that has allowed us to open this office. We're going to actually launch our website in May that has a whole e-commerce side and a lot more surprises. But we hope that you will join us on Tuesday, March 5th, 6 p.m. at La Torre Latina. So the NPHQ is located at 150 West Parker Road. It'll be on the fifth floor, completely free, starting at 6 p.m. There'll be free refreshments, free bites, free parking. You'll get a tour. There'll be wonderful poetry, a visual arts display. I'm going to introduce our friends right now as you take a glimpse at the special flyer and i'm so happy that we were joined by folks from i bet if i get these cities straight of course i'm in houston we have san antonio representing austin texas los angeles california even galveston texas we got five cities activated which to me is really really fun and if you think this is fun right now you're going to hear some deep thoughts some great poetry it's going to be even better in person. I'm going to go one by one and introduce them, let them say a little bit about themselves and the book that they'll be bringing, and then we're going to have them read some of their work as well. Of course, I should mention that co-hosting that evening will be Lupe Mendez, one of the co-founders of the Libre Traficante Movement and also co-founders of Tintero Projects. He'll be helping us, and of course, he's a Texas Poet Laureate. I do want to give the mic to the current Texas Poet Laureate, our dear friend Irene Lara Silva. Hey, you're coming to Houston. Yes, we are. I'm super excited about it. You've been to so many cities right now. So you're in Austin tonight. Drop some of those cities. Mention some of the cities you've been in in the last week or two. Well, we just got, well, I just got back from Los Angeles. So Angelina and I read uh, Beyond Baroque and Venice and we were at Malinale Superfoods yesterday. I was there for the AHAS conference on Friday. Uh, so that was just the last few days, <laughs> but it's been, it's been busy. The last, actually the last year and a half have been really busy, but I I have so much fun on the road. So actually right after we see y'all on March 5th, um, Angelina and I will be in Dallas on March 7th. And then um, the Corazon Collective, which we're part of, is going to read in San Antonio on March 9th. So we've got a whole little week of events. Right. Uh, Verdad. So you're taking this, uh, this role as Texas Poet Laureate as an international ba- ambassador very seriously, then, evidently. That was going to be always anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yandava. Yandava on the road. So, yeah. That's awesome. 
And mention the title of your new collection, please. So the new poetry collection, which came out in January, so last month, uh, is The Eaters of Flowers. Uh, my fifth book of poetry out from Saddle Road Press. Congratulations. And we can't wait para estrenarlo aquí in Houston. We're going to have you come back and read a couple poems from that in just a few seconds. But want to speak to the next poet laureate. We're going to have three poet laureates on site. So there'll be no muses left for the rest of the country, but that's okay. And, uh, you know, here's our dear friend, Octavio. Hey, it's wonderful to see you, my friend. And you're also bringing some of your visual art. And, of course, when your new book comes out in September, we're bringing you back. But by then, we're going to have all the bells and whistles on our website, on our reading series. So that's going to be a whole other experience. But we're so glad that you can join us. And you are going to give us a sneak preview, though, right? Absolutely. Thanks, Tony, for inviting us. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to come next, uh, next month in a few weeks and uh, be with Irene and Angelina and read poetry. And uh, I'll definitely bring some beautiful prints. And uh, we've been talking about maybe bringing a couple of originals. So I think they'll be exciting, too. I love it. Now, your new collection is not out yet. It will be on September. We're happy to be uh, showcasing it at that time. Again, with the new Mustapalabra website, we're going to have a new logo, all that stuff. Uh, right. Also, a larger visual arts exhibit because you've got visual art embedded in that work. But please give us the name of the, the new collection. The new collection is titled The Book of Wounded Sparrows, and it's going to be published by Texas Review Press. And uh it should be out in september the first uh book in hand so when i come see you in a couple of weeks i won't have it but i'll be reading from the book and i'll be showing some images from the book and just giving everybody context about it fantastic well i can't wait i can't wait to see some of your visual arts it's gonna be a fantastic experience for everybody who makes it that evening also want to say hi to our friend desde Los Angeles, Angelina Sainz. Welcome to Texas. You've been treating our Texas Poet Laureate right, so Texas has got to show up. Buenas tardes. Thank you, Tony. I'm so happy to be here. Um, yes, thank you for having me on. R really, really our pleasure. And uh, tell folks the name of your collection. My new book is called Maestra, and it's a book... Um, that has 23 years of poems about public school teaching. And it really is a testimony about the, the experience of K through 12 education for Latina students and families. We can't wait to hear that. We know we have a lot of educators who can relate to that, but more than that, such an important topic. Mm -hmm. So we're so glad to roll out the red carpet for you. Have you been to the house before? Yes, I have, but I have not been to Houston. Which of the other cities have you been to? I've been to the Rio Grande Valley, to San Antonio, to Austin, to El Paso. Like everybody but us, guys. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm glad we can correct that. And, That's right. Uh, we're going to show you a really great time when you get Thank here. Thank you so, so much. Estás en casa, estás con familia, and we cannot wait. And... Uh, streaming in all the way from Galveston, our dear friend Maria Elena Cortez, who's been with Musta Palabra since the beginning. And I think the folks that I've been following are, are really happy to have seen your work. 
uh, your multi-platform work as well at Second Generation with your son, Mark Sedgwick, who's also involved as well. What I'm so happy is that now folks get to experience the visual artist in you because you'll be exhibiting some of your works, can no? Yes, that's right, Tony. And thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super excited because, you know, sometimes we get so devoted into the writing part I've written poetry, I published three books, but I never really got to highlight my art. So thank you for the opportunity to now showcase my art. Um, as you know, I paint on dresses, I paint on canvases, I paint on benches, and sometimes on walls when I do missionary work. That's so cool. And of course, we'll have your book on stock anyway, but I'm really excited for folks to come see your visual arts. Of course, if they wanna make that part of their collection, they can that evening. And it's really great that we can team up this way. And I do want to remind folks, you're experiencing a multi-platform broadcast. We hope that if you're listening to this before Tuesday, March 5th, that you can join us. It's going to be a really fantastic event. Nuestra Palabra is finally moving out of its parents' house, okay? So we've never had a headquarters or office. We've always been about pop-ups. We've always been about minimalism. But come May... For our 26th anniversary, we are launching the Nuestra Palabra online bookstore. So we're actually building our stock of books and we're going to be able to fulfill those orders of books by awesome, fantastic writers. It's a curated list of folks that you know that we can give you background on so you can take them into the classroom, the community center, or educate the familia. But we're going to be linking it closely with visual arts. And we want to make it clear that our movement, our hint, our multidisciplinary, and that you must really experience the full spectrum of our art and souls. And you can do that. And I do want to let folks know that if you purchase any book, proceeds go to Nuestra Palabra. And our goal is to continue giving back to the community, but becoming self-sustainable. been buying time for Irene to pick which of the amazing poems from a new work she's going to share. I know she's been sharing some on the road and of course some are going to be uh, appealing to folks when they're in the room. So if you're watching, you're going to have another experience when you come in person. Uh, Irene, tell us what you're going to read to us from the Eaters of Flowers. I was going to say, you never have to buy time for me. I'm ready. I'm always ready. <laughs> <laughs> So what I'm going to read to you all first, before I even talk about the book, um, is I'm going to read to you all the, the title poem. So the book is titled The Eaters of Flowers, and it's split into four sections. Um, and they're all medicinal flowers, beautiful flowers, but also medicinal flowers. Uh, so this is the title poem. And I've chosen a couple. Here we go. Born soft, born to unfurl. We could be gentle as flowers hurting no one, making only beauty. We could be entire languages of love, speaking tenderly, humming and illuminated. We could be like the great beasts that move across the plains as if they were the skies, eaters of fruit and eaters of seed and eaters of leaves, eaters of rain and eaters of light and eaters of earth. But we are rarely gentle, rarely soft, 
rarely tender, rarely peaceful. That cannot be blamed solely on our being devoted eaters of flesh. Even as predators, we are eaters of flowers. We are eaters of time, eaters of memory, eaters of beauty, eaters of what was and what is to come. Eaters of living and eaters of dying, even as the living and the dying devour us, is it possible to be truly gentle before we have accepted we will die? And what is it to accept that we are as delicate as the flowers, that our blooms are brief, that we are vulnerable to everything, too much, not enough sun, too much, not enough water, too much wind, too much touch, too much pressure, that everything marks us as if we too were petals with burnt edges. Easier to dismiss the flowers like we dismiss all the dead, all the dying. Easier to say each one isn't precious. After all, they're everywhere. What would it mean to pause each time we saw a flower and breathe? To take in the moment that doesn't repeat and the light, the scent? What would it mean to think of each other as flowers? If every time we touched, we touched with fingers like petals. If every time we spoke, we spoke as if our mouths were flowers, our words a spill of color, our breath a spill of beauty. All my life, I have been thorn and root and wide, strong stem. But it is time now for a different life in the time that remains to become an eater of flowers, to become flower, to pay attention as I never knew how before, to watch how they drink in the sun, to watch the light in them, to listen to their gladness in the morning sun, like them to turn my face towards light and dew, to breathe without rushing, to bloom in the time I have, to accept, to accept, to accept, and one day fall. You're tuning into Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say and experiencing the poetry of Texas Poet Laureate Irene Lara Silva. Irene, tell us a little about how that title poem fits into the overall work and, and why you picked that, that for the title. So I actually, I wrote this entire book um, in a very short, concentrated period of time. Um, my younger brother, who was also my adopted son, uh, passed away in summer of 2022. Mm. He was 40 years old. Uh, he was a diabetic amputee. He ended up dying from uh, an infection, uh, kidneys failing, and just all of that. Um, and I, I found myself very lost because I had been his only caregiver for almost 20 years before that. So I found myself very lost in life. So a lot of this book is about loss and it is about grief, but it's also about trying to figure out how to navigate and negotiate life after that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as I told friends, I knew I was going to lose him, but I didn't know if it would be in a year or five years or 20 years. And so I never had, 
And there was never time. It never seemed realistic. It never seemed, there was never the moment to figure out what life was going to be like after, because I didn't know when after was going to be. And so all of a sudden I got hit hard with, he's gone. And what do I do now? Hmm. And so this book, I finished this book um, right at the six month anniversary of his passing. And so it's, it's basically condensed all the thoughts I had in those first six months without him. Hmm. Um, and what I found so far, because, you know, I, the book just came out, but I've been reading poems from the book for the last year. Um, you know, for a lot of people, we, especially in this culture, and I'm talking, you know, U.S. culture broadly, even within, you know, Chicana, Mexican-American, Latina circles, BIPOC circles, um, there's not a lot of space to discuss loss and to discuss grief. And to know that, um, you know, to get to get from those moments of, of right after it happens to then figuring out how how life goes on, how memory lives on. Uh, so that's what all of this book is. It's it's it is about him, but it's it's mostly the grief and me figuring out life afterwards. And you've got my deepest condolences. I was I had the pleasure of meeting your brother and he did so much for all of us. So we join you in Tuluto. And at the same time, it's beautiful that we can join you to share these works and in, in part of his legacy. So thank you for that. Now, would you kindly read another poem for us? And of course, I want to remind folks that you'll be joining us on Tuesday, March 5th here in Houston, Texas at La Torre Latina, which is where the new Nuestra Palabra headquarters is based. It's on the fifth floor, 150 West Parker Road. That's I-45 and uh, Parker, and it's totally free, free parking. We'll have some light bites, but you get to meet wonderful poets like Irene and, of course, uh, see visual arts as well and commiserate with, so, with, uh, with a lot of us. Uh, Irene, would you kindly read another poem? This is uh, Sempasuchi. Uh, for those who don't know Sempasuchi, there's also Marigold. My brother was born on the Day of the Dead. My mother, who didn't know how to be afraid of death, saw it, I think, as an auspicious omen, because he almost didn't survive to be born, because my father hadn't wanted him to be born, afraid that something would be wrong with him, as if we hadn't all been born more than a little wrong into a world that didn't try all that hard to make us less wrong, less hurt. My brother wrote a poem about our great, great, maybe it was only one great grandmother, who lived to be 115 years old, who was exiled by her family to a shack, who lived like an animal, my father said, because she was a full-blooded India and the family was ashamed. And maybe they thought if she lived outside, she wouldn't teach any of her descendants to be Indios like she was, as if they could will away what she was, what they were. My brother wrote that she must have cursed us all, all of her descendants living and to come with the same darkness that made our great, great, maybe only one great-grandfather, decide to set a time and date and then announce his death to his entire family, to order and pay for the food and pan dulce for the reception, and then I presume to dress himself and shine his boots and select the rope and hang himself at four in the afternoon. My brother survived his time in the womb, survived and grew to be the tallest and strongest of us all, survived and was born without causing any pain to our mother, was born humming and content, and perhaps already dreaming of flowers and earth and delicious food and music and words and all the things he was born already loving. But I think it gave my heart a little pause, 
A strange little echo told me it was important that he was born on the day of the dead. I had to travel 2,000 miles northward to learn about altars in the day of the dead. Built my first altar in upstate New York and later tied what I learned there to my mother's memories of graveyards in South Texas. It was in New York that I learned the significance of marigolds to the day of the dead. I don't have my mother's or my brother's talent or passion for growing gardens, but I think that was when I started the garden of marigolds in my heart. And time and life converted those gardens into entire fields so vast you could walk from sunup to sundown and never see the beginning or the end of them. And I wrote a story about a girl named Sampasuchil, and I tasted marigold petals and ate their color and their velvet feel and their histories of sunlight. And people say they have a favorite flower, but I don't think that's true. I think sometimes a flower might decide to claim us, to name us their own. My mother didn't tell me, or maybe she didn't know to tell me, as she only lived to be 13 years older than I am now, that I would need all those fields of marigolds. Because now that my brother is gone, every day is his morning day, and every day is his dying day, and every day is the day of the dead. And this means I have a tremendous need for infinite bouquets of marigolds. Irene is the current Texas Poet Laureate. She's reading from her collection, The Eaters of Flowers. And she'll be here in Houston at La Torre Latina on Tuesday, March 5th, 6 p.m., 150 West Parker Road. And then now we're going to bring out uh, Octavio. Octavio, thank you so much for joining us. Looking forward to getting to hang out with you in person. And you've, you're going to share a preview from the galleys as you get ready for the publication of the book. Uh, can you tell us what you're gonna pick and why you're picking it? Well, I'm gonna read uh, two poems. And if you want, I can read one more if there's time. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them is relatively short, the other one's a little bit longer. Overall, the book is about familial separation, geographic dislocation, migration, immigration, loss, all those big themes. But looking at the book itself, once you, know, once you um, uh, once I started looking closer at the book, I started noticing clusters of poems, poems about fathers and sons, mothers and sons, and, and those types of relationships, about um, a relationship to language, Spanish, English, and the language that sometimes is always missing for us to express ourselves and express our emotions. The first poem that I'm going to read is about I don't know, it's like a short meditation about fathers. Hmm. And the second poem, it's a little bit longer. It's a narrative poem, and it's a poem that uh, alludes to a movie that I, I, I used to watch quite a bit back in the day. I, I love to watch movies, and uh, sometimes I make uh, references to movies, and it's, uh, it's a poem that references blood in, blood out. So uh, I think the poems will give you an idea of the range of the poetry 
And obviously you would have to read the book to see how everything's connected, how everything comes together. The book is very um, intentional and the way I constructed it. So I hope the uh, the readers see that once they, they have a, the book in hand, uh, you know, it's a, it's a work that was in process for 10 years. The way it is now, the way it's gonna be published, for me to get it that way, it took 10 years to, to get it done. That, that, you know, that implicates the writing, revising, editing, coming up with the, uh, the, the book structure and architecture and, and all those, you know, elements that writers have to think about when they're putting a book together. So for me, putting a book together is not, it's not something that I take very seriously and that it takes me time to do. And I hope that it's worth it. I hope that the readers think that the wait has been worthwhile. Fantastic. Well, former poet laureate of San Antonio, Octavio Quintanilla, will be reading a preview of his upcoming collection. The microphone is yours, brother. All right. So um, I'm going to read a, a poem called Self-Portrait with My Father's Eyes. What some of those who've died still remain with us? What percentage of our memory still belongs to them? When we see our shadow rising against the wall as we walk down the street. <coughs> Excuse me. Does it belong to us? Or is it the way a loved one who has died attempts to say, I'm here? Once I painted a portrait of my father, face made of lines, and within the lines I could see what I thought had always belonged to me, his eyes, and the way they looked at me the way he looked at me, like a stranger looks at someone he loves. That was a short poem. This is called Poem About Not Dying, with references to the movie Blood In, Blood Out, which also has a reference to, to fathers. It's hard to write a funny poem about a movie where a young boy dies with a needle in his arm, in a city where vatos locos forever means that you're on the clock, bitch, and midnight is coming, where it means that no one gets to truly raise a family and all the family you have could backstab, could backstab you when you least expect it or will die for you because this is the only way that can show their love. But love is everywhere, just like in every neighborhood, in every barrio, there must be a pine tree waiting for us to return. Doesn't have to be a pine tree, any tree would do, but one on which one of our working class forefathers just before the horizon swelled with twilight, carved their initials with a pocket knife right in his heart center. For months now, I watched the same movies over and over till I memorized the lines the dying speak just before they close their eyes forever in a make-believe world that sometimes spills into my dreams. Dreams where I'm driving fast and reckless like El Gallo Negro and my immigrant father dying in the back seat, asking for a drink of water 
his last, he says, before he closes his eyes to this earth and opens them to see a new world where everyone is a stranger and words are birds whose flight no one understands. Next time you see birds, think of them as words we never say to each other, like I miss you and I love you and don't go. See the sky speak with birds all along the dirt roads where we try to leave a trace of who we are and hear them speak along grain fields that brighten against the long horizon like low flames. Or like the small fire, a gun spits out of its mouth into the air to remind us that it's just a movie, that no one dies here, and we all go home. to hear these poems uh at the latino bookstore in san antonio so i'm so glad that you're going to be sharing them with the folks here in houston texas para que no se pongan celosos. and Octavia will be one of three texas poet laureates uh on hand that day all either presiding over a city or the whole state and you get to meet him in person as well as see some of his visual arts uh on tuesday march 5th 6 p.m at la torre latina 150 West Parker Road. It is free. We're on the fifth floor, and you get a sneak preview of the Nuestra Palabra office. So, Octavio, looking forward to hosting you and uh, getting a sneak preview of the book as well as some of your visual arts. Thank you. Thank you, Tony. Angelina signs all the way to Los Angeles. And please tell us uh, what you'll be reading for us. And Buenas tardes, otra vez. I'm going to read uh, two poems from my book Maestra, which was released in January. And um, this book is broken into um, a section of poems about students, a section about parents, teachers, um, poems about the LA Unified Strike in 2019, teaching during COVID, um, poems about public policy, and then a whole section on my own personal family's um, educational trauma. So the first poem I, I'm going to read is called Teachers Show Up. And something that, you know, the media narrative misses is two things. Teachers are barely making a living wage. And that has a lot of consequences for their quality of life. And it has a lot of consequences for how they show up into the classroom. 
Um, I feel like we expect so much of teachers, yet we do so little to make sure that they're taken care of and can be 100% in the classroom. So everything in this poem is true. Um, just imagine my school campus and the teachers that were teaching alongside me experiencing these things. Teachers show up to teach your children, even when they have cancer, are on chemo, their own children are sick, they have no gas to get to school, they're losing their home, they go home to their dying loved ones, their body is aching from their chronic disease. They open their eyes and the world is heavy on their shoulders and they go to school to teach your children. I think a lot about um, the experience of children. I taught kindergarten and first grade um, for about 18 years. The other years were fifth grade. And um, this one is called the minivan I am riding in on the Bethen Highway in Guatemala. The minivan I am riding in on the Bethen Highway in Guatemala slows and a mother and daughter are pulled jump in. This child reminds me of my kindergarten students, jet black stringy hair pulled back in neon green scrunchie, shades of purple leopard polyester blouse, jean mini skirt, and dirty gray diamond-studded Cinderella pumps. She looks to be five years old. The minivan races and I look at her and think of so many of my students' journey north. I imagine her arrival in my classroom from this jungle and the psychological somersaults she'll have to do to make sense of a Los Angeles school experience. More than anything, I think she'll miss the side of the road and the vendors selling fried chicken and fresh fruit and the cumbia blaring out of every available speaker and the trees, vines, and branches swaying in the chapin breeze and her family and her friends and her freedom as she knew it. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know a lot of folks are going to be able to identify that here in Houston, Texas. So we're looking forward to your first visit to Houston this Tuesday, March 5th, 6 p.m. to 7.30 at La Torre Latina. Thank you so much for sharing that, Angelina. We do want to chat with our friend, uh, Marielena Cortez. And tell us a little bit about the visual art you'll be bringing because you've organized some of our events for us. You helped us organize our huge book festivals when we had them back in the 2000s. You've been part of our radio show when we were just one platform. Now we're several platforms. You helped us organize the NP office. 
(laughs) Thank you, Tony. Well, first of all, you guys have been an inspiration for me since the day I walked in with the little stroller into the Georgia Round with what you where you guys were co-hosting one of the fest, book festivals there. So all these years, Nuestra Palabra has, has been an inspiration to me. And little did I know that then you would be an inspiration for my son, the annoying little brother who grew up <laughs> from the story. So it's been quite a journey and I just love it. I wanna say thank you, Tony, for the opportunity and for always believing in me. I know you, you see me going all over the place, but you always pay attention. And so I'm grateful for that. Well, no, and, and I do want to mention, you've been very generous with your brilliance. It is so wonderful to see that annoying little brother inspiration figure who's a, a great young man, a leader in his own right, and he's been working with us. He's a great public speaker. He motivates the youth. So thank you so much for cultivating such a wonderful human being, and it's so great that that we've got two generations of hint that give him back to us. So, so I know, folks... I really enjoy your work. I hope they're going to come on and support you as a visual artist. Why is the visual arts part of your soul just as important as the literary side? Yeah. So what, first of all, I want to say that these these ladies and this this amazing writer, they've all inspired me with their poetry because I'm also a poet. I've been writing poetry since I was like nine. I started writing my first book when I was nine, but art was always there for me. Like I, I was a kid who was drawing the poem writing the poem and then drawing the picture to match the poem. And uh, kids would make fun of me, but in fourth grade, my life changed completely, Tony, when I won a uh, contest on Mother's Day. And I got to recite for a poem for my mother who was not there. Because as many people know, I didn't really grow up from, with my mother. I grew up with my grandparents. But I dedicated that to my mother and to my grandmother who were part of my life, you know? But I remember I started making little cards with flowers. So that was really my true passion. And as you can see, I have flowers everywhere in my house. I even paint flowers on my dresses. But I started doing a little bit more of abstract uh, art and combining some of my crazy colors and vibrant, um, just the vibrant vibe that I want to transmit through my art. And it's all about integrity, survival, resilience, and being brave. So I think it's all connected. Um, I love the poem of the flowers with uh, the poet Lorette who won, who's going to be sharing her stuff there. And um, actually, my next book is about flowers, Las Flores Mm -hmm. de Cuernavaca, which I get to share uh, how flowers uh, inspire me when I would turn them upside down and turn them into little princesses. So I'm having that book as well come out soon. But uh, you guys get to see a little bit of my art. Not just flowers, but some of my abstract artwork and the passion that I have, not just putting it on on canvas, but also putting it on a dress or on my jeans or even my hats, you know? Which has been stunning. So I I remember even at our um, event at the LA Theater last year, you showed up on your painted dresses and one of the the headpieces of flower and just people were ecstatic about it. So we thought, hey, how nice to have an exhibit. I do want to remind folks too that the some of your works will be for sale, and it's very kind of you to say that uh, part of the proceeds will benefit Nuestra Palabra. So we're so happy to continue on this journey. It's not the end of it; it's just this new part of it, and we're so happy that you're part of our familia, Maria Elena Cortez. Yes. Gracias, no gracias, and I will put also a poem to go with a lot of my art pieces because I usually 
that the poetry also inspires me to paint something or maybe an art piece inspires me to write some poetry. So I'll display it there as well. And people can also get to see a little bit of that as well and how it's all connected. At I the end it. of the day, we're all creatives, you know? Exactly. And everybody, everybody can do it. It's just taking the time to sit down and make it happen. Um, you know, oh. that the, this last one almost made me cry because I'm a teacher. I've had cancer. I've struggled. I know what it what it takes to raise a family. So I it was touch each of you said things that touched my heart today. I love it. I'm super excited to meet each of you and I can't wait to give you a hug. And you make a great point in that we want to make it clear that all the disciplines overlap in some way, shape, or form. So how beautiful to be able to, to celebrate that uh, together. Uh, I do want to get some some parting words from everybody. Uh, we'll go backwards. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll go in the reverse order that we heard the poems. And, um, you know, we hope that you will uh, feel at home. We're really excited here in Houston. We haven't had a reading this year. And I do want to let our followers and listeners know that we've been working very hard to get the office in order. So we've been we've been working on that, but we didn't want to neglect this. And we do have a big rollout for the anniversary. But we we knew you were coming. Then it was coming. She was bringing friends. So we're like, hey, this is what we're about. So we're happy to jump in. Uh, Angelina, qué lindo que nos vas a visitar. Nuestra familia desde California. Espero que que te sientas en casa. I know Houston's going to love your work. And you've already touched the heart of one other teacher there. I'm sure you're going to touch many. Uh, Angelina, any any preview words for your soon-to-be friends here in Houston, Texas? I just want to say I already feel welcomed. And you all, uh, Nuestra Palabra has just been incredibly gracious and wonderful hosts already. And I just look forward to sharing space uh, with all of you and to share our hearts and our experiences. I know that we're really gonna touch the audience's lives with what we have to share. We appreciate that. And I should let you know, Nuestra Palabra started in the party hall of Chapultepec restaurant, hace 25 años casi. So right now we're very happy to uh, the Monte Ramirez uh, law firm where they've actually uh, donated in kind the rental space that we have and we're actually going to be convening in this big conference room that they have that now we'll be able to have events all around so you're going to see us when we're a little fancier than we used to be not that fancy but, but we're happy you can be a part of that so so we're looking forward to that and uh octavio octavio we've hung out so many times uh that it's really to me it's just like we're continuing this great conversation but i'm really happy that our followers here in houston can start to think of you as visual artist and poet, because sometimes what happens is people just imagine us in one of those lanes. And in San Antonio, your visual art is immortalized in concrete and steel, right? Tell folks a little bit about that. Well, uh, a year ago, uh, San Antonio, the city of San Antonio opened the uh, labor plaza, uh, honoring the labor movement in San Antonio. And, and I was one of the artists who, uh, well, I was the poet who wrote the poem that's uh, that's engraved on the ground on, on the sidewalk and also 
five of my Frontextos images depicting um, the spirit of the labor movement are also in the plaza. So it's there. And last May, um, as part of my San Antonio Poet Laureate Legacy project, I wanted to have a, a space, a, a, a public space for for community and, and writers to hang out. And so uh, we came up with Poets Point, and it's a pocket park um, uh, in, uh, in San Antonio in a, in a neighborhood. And, and it's a park that has um, art, um, sculptures, and it also has a wall with uh, printed uh, poetry by uh, five San Antonio poets, including a poem by myself, so of mine. So uh, I helped, uh, I curated the poetry. And so that's, that's the kind of, uh, kind of thing we're doing right now, you know, public art. That's so cool. And we hope that Houston gets inspired by that, the mixing of public life public right. space with, with uh, Arte Cultura. So that's so cool. And right. uh, looking forward to having you here. Uh, and Lupe Mendez is, is uh, excited that all y'all come in as well. So that's so cool. And of course, we're happy to welcome the tenure of the, the newest Texas Poet Laureate, our dear friend, uh, Irene. Um, I know you're doing a lot of stops. You're doing a lot of work. What was the last time you were in Houston, Irene? Uh, October, actually. I was just, yeah, I was just there in October. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing a keynote for Rightspace. Uh, so yeah, I was, that was fun. Um, but no, I, I also wanted to, you know, extender las gracias to, to Nuestra Palabra, to Tintero Press. Um, and I'm so happy that Octavio and Angelina are able to join me. I'm glad to be, you know, meeting uh, Mary Elena very soon. Um, but you know, one of the things is, I think a lot of us think about the poetry that's already out there. Um, you know, the books of poetry, the poets that are already known. And I think sometimes we forget a little bit that we have poets that are working right now, mm. that are creating new work, that are pushing at the boundaries, that are pushing at the walls, that are expanding the conversations, that are, you know, just doing incredible stuff. And so I'm super excited that we're all going to be bringing new work, you know, in many different areas, that we're bringing new work to Houston, that we're bringing new work to the gente. And that you know that as a group, we, as a community, we can go on extending those conversations and, and pushing at those walls. So I'm super excited, and muchísimas gracias for the for the beautiful welcome. We are we are full of excitement. That's wonderful to hear, and and I know that folks here in Houston are excited to feel that energy, ese cariño coming for us. It's going to make us stronger and wiser. It's going to be a fun evening. Again, we hope you will join us. It's a soft preview of the new Nuestra Palabra offices, but we brought we brought our cool crew and familia to hang out with us. It's going to be Tuesday, March 5th, 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Admission is absolutely free. We'll even have some soft drinks for you. We'll have some bites. Parking is free. Uh, also co-hosted by uh, Lupe Mendez, co-founder of Tintero Projects, and they're our co-host as well. And we want to thank the law firm of Monty and Ramirez, uh, one of the principals there, 
uh jacob monty will be there to greet some food he's actually paying for the light bites as well he he said we should, could bring wine as well so we may we may bring some vinito as well but more than anything we're so happy that we've got a whole team of nuestra palabra folks that have been with us from the beginning that will be showcasing it uh, maria elena i know you and i will be there but also we're going to be setting up chairs <laughs> and how far is the next event because we we you know that's what we do we roll up our sleeves so Mariana, we'll give you the last words para invitar al público a la gente que vengan anímalos para que vengan a conocerte en persona y para que disfruten de nuestra cultura ¿qué les puedes decir? claro que sí quiero invitar a todas las personas que les encanta la escritura la poesía y el arte a que vengan y nos visiten en, en la Torre Latina el martes 5 de marzo you cannot miss it because it's going to be a really unforgettable uh, event uh, Nuestra Palabra is opening the doors. I know it's a Tuesday, but look, you can get on your car after work and come hang out with us and relax, listen to some amazing poetry. You're going to get to shine your light as well with us, and we'll shine our light to you guys through our creative um, different formats. But yeah, you cannot miss it. We'll see you there. And traiganse, uh, pueden traer los niños, Tony? Claro, siempre. Traigan a tu familia porque los niños son los que se inspiran. And I'm a testimony of that. I've been taking my son since he was a little tiny toddler. And now as a, as a grown up, he just published his first uh, journal and he gets to share it also in school. So um, we as mothers need to also continue to inspire our kids and take them to those places where they actually are going to hear, see, smell and touch some positive creativity. And Nuestra Palabra is one of those places. Thank you so much. I also want to thank our broadcast team Rodrigo Barbo Jr. is our sound engineer and producer. And Roxana Guzman helps us with all our multi-platform broadcasts. They'll be there as well. So you get to meet the whole team. Hey, this is Tony Diaz, Libre Traficante. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we look forward to seeing you behind the book. Buenas noches. <laughs> <laughs>